You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. This podcast sponsored by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Hey everybody, it's David Bloom. I have been out and about a little crazy the last few weeks. Finally got a chance to check back in and talk a bit. I've spent the past few days in the mountains east of Los Angeles hearing a string of highly talented writers spread the guts of their crummy upbringings across the pages of their memoirs and poems and essays. They weren't trying to outdo each other, but boy, what an unintentional contest to see who could muster the most harrowing tale of a tortured youth. It all almost made me feel lucky for my own not exactly perfect upbringing. There was the young writer Melissa Chadburn doing a slam-style performance, as in not reading, of her piece in online journal Wernica, where she talked of being consigned to a foster care group home and discovering, on her first night there, a head-sized bloodstain on her sheet. There was the t- crime writer Todd Goldberg, whose slatternly mother cycled through a series of six-week or six-month daddies after his real father gave up and disappeared. And there was the editor of a regional magazine, Samantha Dunn, reading from her memoir in progress of moving as an uncomfortably budding teen into a single-wide mobile home with her warring mother and grandmother. Day two ended with Pulitzer Prize-winning poet Gregory Pardlow reading from his memoir, though he called it a collection of essays, about his family's efforts to get his alcoholic younger brother, a talented musician of minor fame, into rehab as part of a reality TV show. They were all gathered at the Idlewild School of the Arts, a boarding high school for hyper-talented students that also for years has hosted a week-long summer retreat featuring very adult fiction writers, poets, and essayists from Southern California and such more exotic locations as Trinidad and Tobago and Kansas. Each day ended with readings by several of the teachers, participants, and fellows. The readings, all fine work and not all gut-wrenching, also got me to thinking about what the memoirists of the future will be like and how they will tell their stories. Marshall McLuhan got a lot of things right in a very different era when he said that the medium is the message. He was talking mostly about the transformative power of television on the pop culture of the 1960s and the way the visually driven stories for that medium were told in a very different way than for magazines or newspapers or radio. Now we're seeing that again in a whole new set of media. On day one of the workshop, I was explaining to one of the participants, a poet, about the very different kind of writing that I do, about the collision of technology and media and entertainment. I was, I admit, feeling slightly defensive about the kinds of work I do compared to these writers of considerably more artistic ambition and achievement. And then I started riffing, talking about the work I do that tries to capture a vast experiment in progress across online culture as millions of creators with billions of followers experiment daily online on a dizzying number of platforms to tell a near endless collection of life stories. These creators are, I suggested, becoming the new memoirists, finding new ways to tell incredibly personal, often highly impactful life stories to audiences who may never pick up a literary journal or a university press's books. In the last couple of weeks, I've written a lot about Instagram's new spinoff app, IGTV, which allows videos of as much as 60 minutes in length, far longer than the 60 seconds and single still images on the parent app. 
Creators confined by Instagram's limits were excited about the prospects of all that room to tell their stories, and the prospect of claiming some portion of the attention of Instagram's one billion users on what is essentially new digital real estate. Hollywood may be indifferent to IGTV, given its lack of ways for them to make money directly, but these creators weren't particularly fussed about that issue. It was the expanse of audience and medium that beckoned. The money might come later in lots of unexpected, untraditional ways, or it might not come at all. It's easy for old-school writers, myself included, to dismiss the work of online influencers and creators. Many have built huge audiences talking about nothing particularly consequential, makeup or school headaches or dating, in their daily vlog posts and live streams and collabs. But the best of them deal with highly consequential issues in much the way the memoirists I've been listening to the past couple of days are, of difficult lives lived and survived. Indeed, the fact that all those authors were around to stand up and read to us was its own benediction of hope. In the same way, the online memoirists of our new era are sending messages to their followers that they too can get through. Hashtag it gets better, for instance, as Tyler Oakley and Hannah Hart and Gigi Gorgeous have demonstrated repeatedly. When you go to a gathering such as last month's VidCon, where 20,000 fans descended and another several thousand milled around nearby for the disaster that was the separate TanaCon event, you begin to understand the intensity of connection between creator and follower, no matter the medium of choice, as they construct the memoirs of the future in near real time, on platforms that will shift and reshape the stories told and received by so many people now. So that's my thinking here on the 4th of July. I hope you guys all have a safe holiday and a relaxing week of low-intensity unwinding. This has been David Bloom for Bloom & Tech, over and out. You've been listening to Bloom in Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone.